Hello, friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. I have uh, two very special guests with me today. Hello, everybody. Dennis Yates, co-host of uh, Masonic Improvement with Justin Jones. And, um, and our very special guest tonight is, is uh, Rayburn Reader. Yep, I'm Rayburn Reader. Uh, Rayburn, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Masonic background? All right. Um, I was raised in uh, Lake City Lodge in December of 82. Um, I've, I've belonged to a number of lodges since then. I've belonged to uh, a lodge in Georgia, My Heart Lodge. I lived there for about four years. And I had a good neighbor friend of mine. His son was going through, so I joined the lodge there. I'm still a member of that lodge. It's in Kennesaw. I'm a lot, uh, past master of Magnolia Lodge 113, um, current secretary of Montgomery Lodge 25, worshipful master of Washington Lodge number 18 that meets at Navasota, um, the senior, de- junior deacon at uh, Tranquility Lodge 2000, and a member of uh, Nixon Lodge in uh, Smithville. Wow. That's quite the resume. You're definitely busy. A little bit. Why did you join Freemasonry? What was what was that driving force that, that made you decide you couldn't go without? So I had my grandfather's ring, and uh, I worked for Houston Lang and Power. I was going to, working full-time, going to school at night. And at the time, I didn't know it. I worked for a bunch of Masons, and I had this ring, and I was real curious as to, you know, what it was and what it was about. And all the guys that worked there were, you know, upstanding guys. Uh, they were mentors, you know, they did the right thing. And, uh, most of them had rings. So finally, one day I asked the chief clerk, I said, so tell me about this Masonic stuff. Cause I was really curious. My family dates back to the 1840s. They were Masons. Wow. Um, so Sam Damon, who was buried in Damon's mound, uh, belonged to St. John's, St. John's lodge number five. Um, so I asked the magical question and, um, I soon found out that everybody that worked in the building that was in management were Masons. <laughs> so just curiosity initially, but my, and then I think about back about it. My grandfather used to take us to the shrine circus at the Sam Houston Coliseum all the time. So it kind of circled back around to my grandfather and, you know, his, his, his relationship with Masonry. So how did the reality of Freemasonry compare with your expectations when you joined? Um, the reality is it's, it's been great. Um, just about everybody I've met, um, it's been a real wonderful journey journey. It's been th- December 6th was 39 years for me. Uh, wow. I got in when I was 20, I turned a petition in 21, got raised when I was 22. Um, and one of the things I've noticed over the years is when I travel or go places, uh, you can always pick out the person that's a Mason, either by their the way they carry themselves, the way they talk, the way they interact with the public. But it's been a great journey. I mean, everybody I've met has been just wonderful. So it's, it's been a great, uh, great time. What do you, what do you think the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of the fraternity are today? What, what are we facing today? So I think our biggest strengths are the, the uh, relationships and the fellowship. Um, every lodge you go to, you walk in the door, everybody greets you. It's, it's, you know, it's a great interaction. So we have great fellowship. Um, you know, the esoteric works great uh, 99% of the time. Occasionally there's a few. But um, I think that's the, the, the best part of it is the fellowship and just the interaction with all the other Masons across the state. And not just across the state, but across the country. So it's, it's across the board. Uh, on the other end, I think where we might need to improve is we can do a little bit better uh, job on our communication with the community. Uh, maybe developing our leaders in the lodge a little bit better. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a guy that was junior warden and a lot of people didn't think he would do very well. And I just kept telling him, let him progress and he'll do fine. And by the time he became master, he wasn't afraid to speak in public. He led the lodge and we didn't have any issues. So I think developing those leaders is another good place to start with that. I really like that you say that. Um, what a lot of people don't know about myself as I, I'm a, I'm a pretty introverted guy. Uh, when I first joined the fraternity, um, I mean, the, the thought of me standing in front of anybody and, and giving any kind of presentation or, or even just talking, uh, was, was a paralyzing fear of mine. And it really just, just being a member in being involved in a small town lodge, um, 
just doing small things here and there, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Uh, I mean, the thought, the thought of me running a podcast now where hundreds and thousands of people see my, see my face and hear my voice uh, never, never would have ever occurred to me 10, 15 years ago. And so what you're saying is, is positively true. It has, a, it has a huge potential to really uh, develop that leadership in people. And the, and the lodge, I consider the lodge a safe space. So once the door is closed, all the other parts of the world are left behind. So you're, you're there with your brothers. And, and you know, if, if something goes wrong, they're not going to, you know, drill you into the ground. They're going to assist you and make sure you do the right thing. So it's, I consider it a safe space. Absolutely. You, can let you haven't work. been to Goliad, have you? They, yes, I have. You know, they, they, they tear me apart in Goliad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's a safe, it's a safe tearing apart because you're in a safe Right. Space. It is. It is. It's all, it's all in fun. And, and, you know, I would like to take the, the opposite um, opinion to, to what you're, what you're stating and what, what Justin was touching on. And, and I'm definitely a people person. I'm, I'm a social butterfly. I'm the wild card of this, of this show. So <laughs> I agree. It, <laughs> it actually helps me to, to reel myself in and to, and to think a little bit more about what I'm going to say before I say it so that I don't hurt people's feelings. So I don't, um, so I don't push the envelope past, <laughs> past the point of no return, you know, cause in, in my past, you know, that's, that's where I was. I've, I've never been afraid to tell people what I think and, and how I feel. And, and, uh, and I've, I've heard a lot of feelings in doing that. So now I'm, I'm a little more reserved in, in how I approach people and how I communicate. And as far as leadership is concerned, you know, you, you touched on my, my biggest, um, my, my biggest goal in, in Freemasonry and, and which is this past year jumping in and helping with the officer leadership training and, and, uh, and moving forward with that, you know, that's to me, that and the education aspect of, of our fraternity really is, is a, a um, an asset that we really have not embraced as well as we could. We, we have so many great leaders out there that, and so many members that, are the 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 leaders in our community the leaders in our corporations the managers the you know people that can that can teach us to and and grow us as a people and as as an organization and and i think that you're absolutely correct on that that we we really need to uh capitalize on that like we like we did in in yesteryear when when we were building this this great state and and country because a lot of the leaders from when I was at, when I first joined League City in '82, uh, there were still a lot of the old World War II veterans that were there, and and some of those old guys, I shouldn't say old guys, but they're no longer with us. Some of them, you know, they were such leaders in the community that they have schools named after them, and, and right. streets and everything else. And you know, they were involved with communities and they were leaders. It wasn't just you know sit on the side and do anything. They were they were both feet in, and here we go. So. I think if we can do that going forward, it helps not only the fraternity, but it'll help the community and everyone else as well. Absolutely. It seems we're kind of missing that in, in our world these days is, is that leadership and, and that, that grace that, that Freemasonry brings into leadership. So my, my question is, well, let me, let me forward that with a, with a, with a comment in that you're both absolutely right. Um, and we've discussed this before on the show. If you look at any historical figure, particularly here in Texas, odds are they were a Freemason. Um, these were the these were the people that were the movers and the shakers in, in the state and in, in their counties and in the communities. And I completely agree that we need to encourage that once again. But my question is, how do we do that? I think I think with the lodges, especially in the small towns, if they're more involved with the community. Um, for example, over in Waller, uh, one of the past masters is now city council. 
Um, he took the bull by the horns and jumped in. Uh, some of them are on school boards. And I was in Fort Worth the other night, and there was a lady there, and she was part of the city council. But the lodge is real involved with the community, so they have a lot of exposure. And, you know, we still have some senator, state senators and representatives that are still Masons. But I just think we just have to encourage people to get a little bit more involved with the community. And I know that in this day and age of, you know, we're so busy with everything else, um, there's some opportunity there if, if we want to get involved, especially in a small town. Big towns like Houston, Fort Worth, and Dallas, it's a little bit more challenging. Uh, but in the small towns, I think it's uh, it's very possible. We 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 say people are are busy now, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah, we're definitely busy. It's definitely a busy time. I got I got three young kids. Uh, people, especially young brothers, they have jobs, uh, careers at the building, and things like that. But I think we, I don't know. I think we have to take ownership of. Mm of the world we live in and who better to step up than, than moral and, and, and just people like ourselves. Yeah. The world would be a much, much better place. <coughs> excuse me. If we were uh, a little bit more involved with the community and the, especially the school district and school boards mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with everything that's going on there. Um, I think it's really important that we're more involved with that because of what they're teaching those kids in the schools these days, kind of questionable. I agree. And, and that was our baby. That was for yes. in, in Texas that that was our baby and 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 so we absolutely should be more involved. If if you want if if you want to to um to make sure that, that your child is 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 learning in, in everything your the values that you want in school, then you have to be a part and you have to show up and you have to let your voice be heard. You're and, absolutely correct. And even the, it, for example, my kids are all in their twenties and they're all out of school, but you know, I don't like the direction that the schools are teaching now. Um, you know, everybody pays property taxes. There's not much you can do about it, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like what they're doing. I don't, I don't agree with it. So maybe I ought to get involved. Public education has always been extremely important to me. And, and I think that if we, don't do that then then uh if we don't embrace it and take the bull by the horns and and try to to guide it to the way we want it to be then then we're going to lose it i also think that you know public schools are ours but i don't we've lost it somewhere along the line and and a lot of people don't realize that the basins are the ones that for the reason for public schools that the old schoolhouses were in masonic buildings it's just yes. it's forgotten. Yes. We lost public schools. We um, occasionally you get a governor that do, does a proclamation, but that's about it. Um, somehow we got to go back in and capture that. I don't know how we do it, but just go knock on the governor's door and tell him, "Here we go." Or get maybe some of the state senators, like State uh, Senator Whitmire or, or um, the guy out of Jacksonville, get them more involved and tell I them think, we want to get this. We want to get this done. I think there's definitely several great examples that you guys have given there's there's something for for everybody everyone's passionate about something and there's even in even in a small community there are countless opportunities to be involved on on some kind of a, a some kind of a city board or the city council or the school <laughs> board or the absolutely just don't just don't mention you're running for school for city council on on facebook <laughs> Right, but uh, <laughs> right, you get chastised if you. Oh my but, goodness! But there's 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 so many opportunities out there, and I I know like we go back to saying everyone everyone is busy. Many of these things are not very time consuming. Uh, I'm on the Chamber of Commerce. That's one or two hours a month. I'm on very uh, a P and Z committee uh, for the city. One hour a month. Uh, there's there's plenty of things out there that that people could do, not a huge amount of time, and and most of these boards are are starving for people, starving for for new blood to to step up. Uh, oftentimes it's filled by older older people that are there just because if they weren't there, no one else would be. So I think there's and plenty they're retired of and yeah. yeah yeah yes. So there's plenty of opportunity to step up. 
And like we said before, who better, who better than, than people that, you know, have a, uh, a strict moral code, like a, like a Freemason. Before I, before I ask this next question, I'd like to build on that as well and, and say, you know, we, we talk about our time and, and we're taught to, to manage our time in a certain way. Um, and, and we're taught to manage that with, with, um, maybe a, a distressed worthy brother or whatever, but you know, at, at some point you have to think our country is a distressed worthy country and we yeah, need yeah. to, we need to, you know, make that a priority to, uh, to get us back there and, and not to get too far into politics either way, you know, one direction or the other, I, I I'll keep my wild card out of that, but you know, we're, we're in a distressed worthy country and, and we need to, we need to embrace that and, and give a little bit more time to that. Yes. So brother reader with, uh, with the idea of the strengths and weaknesses, where, where do you see, Freemasonry going here in the next 10, 20, 30 years here in, in, in our jurisdiction, where, where do you see Freemasonry? And, and even further, if you, if you put some thought to it. So in the current day and age, I see us shrinking. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of older Masons. We've lost two or three this year. They were in their nineties. I guess that's the old World War II guys, but I, I do see us shrinking down. I see the membership going down. I see the, the number of lodges going down over the next 10, 20 years, but I think we'll reach a plateau. And once we reach that plateau, then we start building back from there. It might not be increasing the number of lodges, but there's a lot of interest there. Believe it or not, there's still a lot of young guys that are interested. Maybe not 10 or 15 at a time. It might be one or two. Once they're in, maybe their friends will get interested. But I, I still think at the end of the day, we're going we're gonna to shrink. It's just inevitable. We're going to shrink down. I don't know how far we'll shrink down, um, but I, I'm hoping and uh, being the secretary of the lodge, my son always asked, he's a Mason. He always asked me why I take minutes the way I do. And I told him, I said, one of the reasons is 40 years from now, if you decide to come back and read those minutes, you know exactly what went on in the lodge. So the end goal is I want us to be here for another hundred years. Uh, we might not be as big. Maybe we will, but that's, that's what I see happening. I agree that, that that seems to be the consensus among many people we ask that question to. And it's a, I think that's a very realistic answer. I don't think it's uh, pessimistic or, or, or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's just looking at the data and, and predicting where it's going to go. And it, it, it really seems inevitable that uh, unfortunately some lodges probably will shut their doors. But I think like you say, looking we don't know when, but at, there will be a point when we'll reach equilibrium and everything will stabilize. It's just a matter of, of, uh, of lodges understanding that they're probably going to lose more members and they either need to, well, they need to, they need to make whatever decisions now and be proactive so that they can survive another hundred years instead of being reactive when they realize they don't have the members to open or they don't have enough money to, to pay the bills. Yep. Once you, once you've got three members showing up to the meetings and, and divvying up the, the bills, it's, it's probably too late to, to do anything with it. The, the, you know, we talk about this so often and, and it, it, for me, it's kind of exciting that we, that, this is happening because we're in a, in a, in a time of transition to where um, maybe we, we were a little too thinned out, you know, with so many, with so many members, maybe we diluted um, our focus a little bit and maybe now we will get back to the, the core of Freemasonry. And, and I can definitely tell you that the, the young guys that I'm seeing come in, they're, (laughs) <laughs> boy they they want the good stuff and they you know they're they're they do like some fellowship and they they like going and having a beer and and dressing nice and enjoying themselves but man they 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 like that marrow too they they want the marrow in the bones yep. you know that's um that's it, and it's pretty exciting to see that because when i was younger i didn't 
think so much that way. But as I get older, I, I, I appreciate our history more. I appreciate the, the lectures that the guys gave in the, in the 17, 1800s. And, and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> so I'll go back to my son. So he, he joined when he was 18. So the last half of his senior year, he was a Mason. Oh, wow. And he ate it up. And I gave him the ring that I had been wearing for years. I told him if he ever got raised, I'd give it to him. But even now, he still eats it up. His only problem is the stated meeting. <laughs> the, the dreaded stated the, the meeting. The dreaded stated meeting. <laughs> That's funny that you say that. I'll let Justin roll with that one so that but, I don't tick off all of our. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I told this story or not. But when I when I first became a master mason, it was a it was it was at that point where you still couldn't sit in a stated meeting unless you were a master mason. So let me back up because I wasn't a master mason at the time, but what I would do is I come to lodge and I do the memory work outside with a Tyler, always, always wondering what was going on inside those meetings. It was a, it was a, it was a goal of mine. It was a, I was very interested in getting my master uh, getting raised so that I could finally sit in a stated meeting and see what all the, what all the hubbub was about. Right. And so I, I did all my work, turned everything in, and was finally raised, and I sat in my first stated meeting, and uh, it was uh, your typical stated meeting, right? <laughs> and I thought to myself, maybe, maybe I just came to, to a bad meeting for the first one. But after about a year of the same thing, I, I realized that this is all that's going on. So uh, I totally understand what you mean by, by dreading the stated meeting, because if there's if there's no su- substance to it, if there's nothing that creates any value, then it, it's it's a it's a terrible experience. To be frank, it's not enjoyable at all. On on that note, my younger son is is wanting to join, and he finally has has expressed his his desire. And he said, I was just waiting for you to ask me, dad. And it's, it's like, well, <laughs> you would have been waiting forever, buddy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm to, he, he's in the Dallas area and I'm going to introduce him to Hillcrest Lodge, you know, let him spend time with those guys and, and really, and really get what he's looking for. You know, that's, and I hate to say that, but they've got it going on and, and I, I hope more lodges, and it seems like they are starting to really grasp that and move forward with, with, with those ideas. But, you know, that's, um, that's how I feel. I want him to, to really, really dig it when he comes in and, and love it as much as I do. Well, some of the lodges I visit, I always tell them, I said, you got to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to retain those members, you want to keep them coming. If you don't have anything for them, they're not going to come back. Absolutely. They'll slowly peel off one by one. And you'll, one day you'll go, where's everybody at? So, and that's how my son is. He's like, they're boring. I don't like going. Yeah. So we got to find some more. And being the secretary, it's like, well, you got to try to make it more interesting. But that's, I think that's the key for the, it, not only the younger guys, but the older guys as well, because they go, you know, I could be at home doing something else. Yeah. Instead of this. But I think down the road, we need to improve on that as well. It's it's funny that you mention Hillcrest, Dennis, because I'm actually of two I'm of two opinions. On one side, I think it's the, the most beautiful Masonic Lodge that I have yes. sat sat in. And on the other hand, I really hate to stroke Kyle Walquest ego, so I don't really <laughs> want to say too much about it. But uh, I visited there a few several months ago, and I think of. Granted, I'm not saying every lodge needs to create uh, like LED in, 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 in embroidery around their their uh, checker payment and, and, and all that kind right. of stuff. But you could tell that time and effort was put into it. And it is a beautiful lodge building. Beautiful. If, if more lodges put even, even a fraction of that effort into their own buildings, then you can revitalize the, the entire Masonic experience in your community. Yeah, yeah, another one is San Marcos. 
Have you been to yes. San Marcos Lodge? Yes. I, I've heard good things about San Marcos. I, I haven't I, sat there. I haven't been there, but I but I have been told about it, and I'm I'm excited to go. I'm going this year. So I, I was shocked. You know, I've been to Hillcrest, and it's a beautiful building. But when I walked into San Marcos, I'm like, wow. It's it. You just got to be ready for it. It's wow. it's completely different. It's really pretty. It's really nice. Yeah, it's on my you it's know on what's, my bucket list. What's interesting is that. These these type of things they it it begins with one mason, it mm-hmm. it begins with one mason making making a coming up with an idea and then and then the the rest of the team just just buying in and and going with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I before we we leave that this subject, I wanted to touch one more thing real quick, and that is you know you talk about the the. Um, the demising of lodges in the future and, and the merging of lodges and whatnot. And there Hillcrest is another perfect example of that as well, because they didn't wait until their, their old lodge was completely down the tubes before they merged with the other lodge. And so they were able to take funds from, from the old lodge that, that merged into the the new lodge and and that's what they did with it they they beefed up the new lodge they or or the other old lodge i should say because that that lodge is is it's built on the quarries of of the lovefield airport where where they grab the stones for lovefield that's where that lodge is built but they were proactive instead of reactive yes it's the perfect example of of doing the absolute best you can with the worst situation. And mm-hmm. we all, it hurts us all to think about it, but it's, it can be such a good thing. It really can. Yep. yep. So Rayburn, uh, you're running for the grand South in January, 2022. Uh, I was wondering if you tell us a little bit about what led you to make that decision. One of the things I want to do is try to make a difference. Um, you know, I believe in servant leadership. I think it's important. Uh, being in the Boy Scouts, I you know I ran district for a number of years and um, real involved with that. But I think it's important. And one of the things moving forward, I think we need to modernize a little bit. We need to market ourselves a little bit, um, and I think we need to right the ship. I think the ship's not in the direction it needs to go in. Uh, I think that in order to get more young people involved. I think we need to do that. I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities through social media to do that. We're on the right path. Uh, there's a lot of people that are opposed to that, but I think that if it's done in a, in a tasteful professional manner, um, that we can, we can do that. And, you know, we keep all the esoteric work. We keep all the tradition, the, the teachings, the history, we can do all that, but we're not giving ourselves credit in the, in the public eye. Uh, a lot of people don't know who we are. Uh, like, and, you know, they know the shrine and they know the, the Scottish Rite in, in Dallas because of the hospital. But on the day-to-day person, you can walk into any store with a square compass. And I do this all the time when I travel. I'll wear a square compass shirt or hat and nobody ever comes up to me. They have no clue. Nobody says a word. Hmm. Um, I make it a point if I see somebody to go up in a mason, I'll go and talk to them. But uh, in all my travels, it's very rare that people will approach you and, and ask you what that means. And, and you know, I think that's partly our problem um, because we're not doing a good job of marketing ourselves, but it can be done. I know there's a lot of people that are opposed to that. We don't have to ask people to join, but we do a lot of good things and we're not giving, we're not putting it out there in the public eye. How, how do we fix those things? Well, we're going to take the bull by the horn. Uh, we might have to hire a professional person to do, help us with advertising and marketing. I just think we need to take that step, get some younger guys involved that know how to do all these things, uh, you know, not push all the older guys to the side, but there's a lot of older guys out there that think the same way. We got to do these things either through social media, the internet, whatever, uh, to get it done. And, you know, that's one of the things I want to do. I want, I want the fraternity to be here another 50, 60 years. Yeah. Um, Just get it in the right path. I think we just need to get the ship going in the right direction doing the right things. And then uh, we'll, we'll just keep going. I have, uh, I've said this before, but a lot of lodges focus on, on doing local things that may be selling like barbecue at a, at a, at a, like a downtown, like a, like a festival or something like that. Or, and, and 
that's good. They do it for fundraising, but if we're being frank with each other, we also know that a lot of that is because they want to get out in front of the community and, and be seen. As time passes, I, I become more and more strongly of the opinion that everyone's looking on Facebook. Everyone's looking online. And so if you want to do those things, fine. But if you're not posting something about it on Facebook, then you're missing a huge part of your potential to, to be exposed to people. And as far as, as far as lodge itself, uh, definitely, I'm definitely not suggesting that you take pictures in tiled lodge or anything like that, but you could, you can tag yourself and, and tag the lodge and take a picture of yourself before the meeting or after a degree, you can take a picture and, and, and post it as long as you, you know, as long as you follow the rules around that. And a lot of lodges aren't doing that. There will be lodges that they'll have meetings or they'll have degrees and you'll never see anything about it. And I think that's a huge missed opportunity. So um, I just point that out because you mentioned modernizing and, and riding the ship. And I think if we don't take advantage of social media, which is where everybody's looking now, then you're not going to be seen, or at least not as much as you would like. Yeah, and the, the other platform is Instagram. There's a lot of, you know, the Grand Lodge of Russia is on Instagram, the Grand Lodge of California is on Instagram. Um, there's a bunch of lodges that are on Instagram as well. So that's that's another platform as well. The other, th- the other part of that is lodges need to take credit cards. Lodges need to digit- <laughs> Absolutely. They need to, they need to digitize their stuff. Um, even the Grand Lodge, I know Justin's doing a great job of that, but we just started taking credit cards in our lodge a few years ago. So if somebody needs degree fees, they pay their dues, they come in there, swipe the card, they're done. They don't have cash to carry around to do it. You know, it's the small things like that that make it convenient for the members uh, in the local lodges and on the Grand Lodge level uh, that make it easier, like ordering material. You know, used to you had to print out a form, they get a check from the secretary, had to mail it in. Blah, 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 blah. Now I can go online, take the, the lodge debit card, make an order, and it's done. And it comes straight to me. I give the receipt to the treasurer, and off we go. It's not a, a big involved thing. So it's the small things like that that we need to do. Well, and that and that that savings that's involved in in going digital, it's it's like resolution twenty six. It's it it's one of my favorite resolutions. It 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 says let's give five percent. Um, return on the endowments as opposed to the 3% of the past and whatnot and make it across the board. You know, that's the permanent unless proven otherwise, you know, negative to the, to the endowment. And the, the reason that's even possible is because of the, the digitation. Is that, is that a word digitizing of the, (laughs) sorry, sorry, Justin, (laughs) the digitizing word now, regardless. That's, That's right. right. Dennis said it. Dennis said mm. it. That's going to become memory work. <laughs> but um, you know, with with that savings, it made it possible for us to to see bigger returns in the lodge. So why aren't the lodges jumping on board to to make it easier? You know, I I've said this before, and I went to uh, do my my endowed membership for uh, for the York Rite, and they don't accept any electronic forms of, of payment. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm spending, you know, $3,000 here. I want my bonus points. I'm, I want my awards. That's right. <laughs> I, I manage my, my, my credit to, to my benefit. So I want to use it. Even if I need to pay an extra fee to use that, that's fine with me because I'm, I'm getting something in return as well on top of it being easy. <laughs> that's right. So, that, you know, I just think modernizing is, is very important. And, I, I, and I'm afraid that if we don't modernize and we don't do these things, uh, we're going to become the way of the Lions Club or some of the other organizations that just kind of fade away. It's, you know, I hate to say that, but that's, that's kind of my fear. You're right. Years ago, you know, we, the, the fraternity was built in bedroom communities. Everybody talked. Everybody knew each other, everybody. And it's, and it's, it's a lot like that here in the small towns still, but, but if we're not utilizing the, the electronic age, the tools that we have available to us for free, 
if we're not utilizing that, we're missing 95% of our potential membership right there. And then I guess that goes to the, uh, the two resolutions that con- contradict each other. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting to hear those, those discussions. I think out of all the resolutions, those are going to be the two most contentious ones of the bunch. I think 26 might be a little contentious also since Justin has brought that one up. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But I don't know. I, I, and I, like I talked about earlier, I think it's important that we, you know, there's, and I don't want this to be taken. There's a lot of master masons or past masters that feel like they're not being trusted to do the right thing if it's streamed. So right. you, you will hear some of that at Grand Lodge that some of these past masters will get up there and go, wait a minute, you don't trust me to do the right thing remotely, right? So if, like I said before, if you have a tiled room, you have a screen, you have five, six, seven, eight master masons, past masters in there that are watching that want to vote and can't be there for certain reasons, we're saying we don't trust you to do the right thing. And I know there's 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 two very big parties out there. One is completely against it. The other one is completely for it. Um, but I think we're, we're alienating a lot of the Masons that have attended Grand Lodge or that want to attend that can't um, by not streaming it. And we're, we're already trusting Masons all across the state to do the right thing the rest of the year. By 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 actually opening lodges like they're supposed to and and actually tiling them. So why suddenly do we not trust them for for three days? What's that's right? Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll, now I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. I'm, I'll I'll take the other the other camp on this one and and the but it's it's not really completely the opposite either because I think we should be streaming it. There's 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 too much good from streaming it that we, we really need to do that. But on the same token, I think that on the, on the other hand, I think that if we make it too easy for people not to come to grand lodge, they may not come to grand lodge. And, and that's, and that's such a great experience that people ought to, they ought to make that journey at least once it took me one time and and I'm hooked. I will go for the rest of my life. I've already told Lavinia and we, we actually do the countdown to the, to the hotel as to when we can book our next. And it's hard getting a room with a jacuzzi tub because so (laughs) many, so many guys are doing the exact same thing. (laughs) The thing is you can't replace physically being there. Right. There's just no replacement. But, you know, I agree with that, but I, I revert back to the older gentlemen or the older Masons that can't physically do it. You know, right. um, let's say you had young kids and you couldn't physically, I'm not talking about the guys that can do it, that want to do it, that don't want to do it. But, you know, right. you have those, those people out there that have dedicated their life to fraternity and they've gone for 30, 40 years and they can't physically do it, but they still want to be a part of it. Right. Um, so I think and, that's. And I, I do agree with that. Right. I do agree. But I understand what you're saying there. You know, some guy, well, I ain't going this year. I don't take time to go, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, but I'm thinking more about the, the ones that that want to go that can't go. Right. Versus the ones that don't have the incentive to go. Let's put it that way. Right. And maybe and maybe that's the idea is, is that we do it in a tiled lodge. And, and maybe we... That's where you do your lodge vote or something, and 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 then you, and then you have the opportunity to vote in person on your own behalf or something like that. There's got to be some compromise we can we can work with there because I I see the value as well. I mean, we should right. definitely. That's that just goes right there with the marketing and stuff. It's you know we're just not taking advantage of the tools that are available to us. I talked to a guy the other night. He said he couldn't make it last year because he had surgery. Uh, he's a younger guy, probably in his thirties, uh, late thirties, early forties. He had surgery and he could he couldn't go, but he right. he did get online. He did do the streaming. He did all that, but he'll be there this year. You know, I'm like you. I first time I went, I got hooked. I'm like, I'm doing this all the time. This is the greatest thing in the world. But it's just those one offs that, that want to do it that can't for some reason or another. I think we're kind of right. Cheating. And it's it's been demonstrated now that we can stream it. 
and it works it works really well uh for mm-hmm. the first time that we ever did it it's i mean it worked really well with hardly any issues so why would we not implement it some way in the future right. for the reasons that have already been identified right so we'll hear we're, uh, that'll be a very contentious uh to uh things at Grand Lodge, I'm sure we'll hear, in addition to yours. Rayburn, uh, talk a little bit about your favorite resolutions, since we're already we're already kind of wading into that. Well, I don't know if I really have a favorite one. Uh, I, I just like to see how the discussion evolves around. Other than the name changes in the, uh, the district realignments, it's fun to just to see the interaction between uh, all of them, really. I don't, I don't, I can't say I particularly have a favorite one or one I like the least, but um, I think it's all of them. I just like to see the the interaction between the Masons that are for it and against it, all the parliamentary parliamentary procedures that go about it. It's just the the whole package is is essentially what I like. I really enjoy that. Also, I, I like I like uh, hearing both sides of the argument. And, yes, uh, I love the debate. Yeah, yeah, the debate. Um, some of us probably need to practice our debating skills a little bit, <laughs> but I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely enjoy it. And you can definitely get a, a very quick feeling for the, the mood of the room uh, based off, uh, based off what gets brought up. So it's, it's very fun. Speaking of, speaking of the, the great debates and, and our, us talking about marketing, you Rayburn, you had mentioned the, the, resolutions involving pictures um which which ones which ones were you specifically referring to earlier when you were talking about those those resolutions because i think those are going to be heavily debated you know you can't print the names but you've never been able to do it um and now the now we have the social media and the photos and stuff like that and and a lot of the lodges were were doing they said we're not gonna print the names we'll show their faces yeah. And then I noticed some of the lodges are showing the person sitting there and they they blanked out their face. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. I've seen some of those. They'll put, a, oh my goodness. put something on their face like this. Um, <clears throat> you know, it goes back to the concern of, you know, if, if there's somebody out there that doesn't like that person for some reason, then there you go. They're going to get, <clears throat> they're going to get blackballed or they're going to get petitioned or uh, vetoed. Right. And, and I think that's what the concern is on doing that. So, but then again, there might, I don't know if there's a happy median on doing that or not. I know that the lodges are proud when they do the degrees. It's just, how do we, how do they convey that without getting that candidate in a bad position? Uh-huh. Right. Um, I don't know of a closed system where you could do that. You put it on Facebook, the whole world knows, you put it on Instagram, the whole world knows. Um, but I think that's the concern is, um, if, you know, somebody doesn't like their dad or their brother or their cousin or whatever, and they're going to go in there and say, okay, I'm going to take them out, right? So I think that's a concern with the pictures. And as far as the taking pictures during a closed lodge, <clears throat> I don't see a problem with doing that as long as you're not showing um, anything that you shouldn't, right? Um, they take pictures of Grand Lodge from day one all the way through. They do. Some of the grand photographers go to a lodge, and it might be a closed lodge, and they're taking pictures, but they know what to take right. without revealing anything to anyone else. So again, there's a happy medium there. If somebody knows what they're doing, I don't see a problem with taking pictures. I think it's just a slippery slope, uh, like you hinted at. Um, it's a matter of knowing what is okay and what isn't. And I, I, I certainly agree. Like if if you're doing a like a apron presentation probably no reason why you shouldn't be able to take a picture of it, but we also have to be careful because you're going to have brothers that may have never been told to be, to be careful. And so it's, it's a, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's a fine line, right? It's, it's, we definitely want people to be able to, to memorialize these things and, and to share them. Uh, Like we said, it's, it's a great way to, to, for people to see what we do but we also have to be careful about how we go about it. Yeah. Because the, the, the people on the grand photography staff, they'll take a bunch of pictures. And when they go back and review those, if they see something in there that they don't think is appropriate, they'll delete those pictures. 
you know, yeah. if somebody's doing sign or whatever, you know, those pictures are gone. The person that's doing it, they just need to be aware of what, it, not only what's in front of them, but what's behind them. You know, there might be something going on behind them that doesn't need to be in the picture. Absolutely. So that's that's what I'm talking about. My biggest fear is is not even that, but you know, Justin and I talked about this one time before, and when they were doing when we were doing the uh, the the open houses, and the the very first person that walked through the door at my lodge, I had somebody say, Oh, there's no secrets in Freemasonry and this and that. So I don't want that guy taking pictures. Nope. I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> that's, that's so, <laughs> so maybe it, 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 there is a happy medium to where we have a, a, a photographer position in an, in the officer lineup to, you know, in our lodges so that that's their job. And, and they have a certain um, training that they have to do to, to be that officer, just like we have to show proficiency in, in, in doing the work before we can become an officer. Maybe it, it's the same thing. That's guys, y'all, y'all brought brilliance. I'm, I'm, I, I'm inspired by y'all. <laughs> well, you could I mean, uh, and to expand on that is you could have maybe the grand photographer take to do a class like the grand secretary mm-hmm. and, exactly. give and give it, give examples of pictures and see if they catch those certain things in the background or off to the side that don't need to be in there. And if yeah. they catch yes. them or if they don't, they can say, look, here's why you can't post this picture because of this. Right. So it gives them a little more uh, perspective on what to look for and what not to look for. And then just instead of posting stuff as soon as they take it, maybe go back and review those pictures just to make sure there's nothing in there that doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. <clears throat> some, some, we expressed a concern, right? We don't want the wrong things being taken pictures of. And the solution usually is some sort of education. Education. Absolutely. Yeah. Education. Yeah. I love and, it. And even now today with grand lodge putting out all the secretary training and the, and the, um, and, and the treasurer training, I mean, it's, it's so easy for us to create training for, for, for that so that we can do it responsibly. Right. And you can, you could do that on a zoom call. Absolutely. You know? Yes. I yes, mean, you, you don't can. have to congregate in one place and, you know, photographer get, Get everybody on the on the, the call and know who's or on the Zoom meeting, know who's there, and, and just show examples of what does and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No. So. I think that's great. I think we got some things to to bring before Grand Lodge next year. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll have a, a historian and an orator. So why not have a photographer? Exactly. Would, and you know what? That would help the Grand Photographer too. If he has a trained individuals out there, he's not running all over the state. He can take advantage of those local lodges that are doing stuff. And they, you know, he can, if they have to send them to him and he posts them or whatever, then, you know, it's just more visibility for us. Yeah. It's all about yes. delegating. Yes. And even if it's just a district position, not even necessarily a lodge thing. Right. Uh, right. It could be a district photographer. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, the district communications officer expand, expand that to, to being the, uh, the uh, district photographer of of sorts you know that's mm-hmm. that's an excellent idea well he's supposed to be he's supposed to be communicating so you would think that would apply something on, on facebook <laughs> or, or something right i so, know right perfect opportunity to take pictures and post them that's why we're probably going to have a new one in district 36 this year. yeah i won't yeah yeah i'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I think this has been a great discussion. Uh, Rayburn or, or Dennis, do either of y'all have anything else that you want to uh, add or, or mention? So ahead, I, had a, I have an analogy. So last year we opened a, a painting with the Twist franchise. And when you go to Grand Lodge this year, the ladies program, you'll see my wife and her daughter and a bunch of people doing that. And I use the analogy when I, when I talk to some of the lodges is, the lodge and the franchise are a lot similar. So we got a franchise from a corporation. You go to Grand Lodge, you get a charter. Um, we pay franchise fees. We pay per capita. Um, 
the franchise says you have to have certain things in the building, right? There's certain things you have to do. You go to a lodge, there's certain things you have to have, right? The only difference between the franchise and the lodge is in order for our franchise to stay viable, we have to market ourselves, we have to keep it lively and keep it changing. Whereas in a lodge, we're not marketing ourselves, we're not changing, we're not keeping it lively. So that's kind of a, an analogy that I've used in the past. And I think that, you know, if we kind of use that franchise model, they're, they're a lot similar um, in the way they're set up. Um, maybe going forward, we can do that. I mean, we set up our franchise. They said, you got to have stage, you got to have lights, you got to have brushes, you got to have canvases, and you got to paint it a certain way. All the rest of it is up to us, just like a lodge. Hmm. You know, you have to have stations, you have to have all the emblems and everything fixed, but the rest of it is up to us. However you want to decorate your lodge is up to you, right? I think that's a brilliant analogy. But that's the key. We got to, if, if my stepdaughter didn't keep it fresh and lively and constantly changing, we would have closed the door. And we've only been there since May of last year. We made it through COVID and she's doing a great job, but that's the key. She's always on Instagram, Facebook, uh, doing those things to market the, the business. And I mm -hmm. think we need to market our business because the lodge is a business at the end of the day. Absolutely. So I think that's important yes. going forward. Absolutely. I tend, I tend to agree. And and I had a franchise years ago and, and um, it, it's interesting that you use that analogy because when I first purchased that franchise, I had a coach that came and, and, told me how to do it, how to run it, how to make it happen. They came out with me and, and, you know, went through it all. And technically that's what our district deputy grandmasters are supposed to be doing. So mm -hmm. they're supposed to be coming in and, and inspecting what Grand Lodge expects. And, but so many times we, we see um, a blind eye going to, to things that, that, need attention if they if, if they were given the attention they they deserved then then you know they may have been able to save that lodge five years ago or or something and so i i think that that it's a great analogy and that that's a that i i think that that's where we also need to um trust and 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 believe in the system that we have in place to to help us to become better as a right. as an organization i uh have always said that we need to run our lodges like a business uh but that was always from a like a like a financial perspective but what what you said reverend about about treating it like a franchise uh absolutely 100 percent true and if if you don't keep it fresh if you don't market it it's going to die. Yep. Absolutely. You have to stay relevant and you have to, you have to stay in front of people. Yep. And so that's, that's spot on. Yep. Um, because if you don't pay your per capita, you're going to lose your charter, mm -hmm. right? You don't pay your franchise fees. You're going to lose your franchise. You don't have a choice. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a, 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 another thought to add to that is, is, you know, the, the Vanguard award, um, if, if we were to use that as more of the example of, of what the minimum expectation is and not, you know, can you achieve this, but, but at, at some level say, okay, this is our minimum expectation. Then a lot of the things that we're talking about on a regular basis is, is going to be addressed. We're, we'll have more education. We'll have more of a, of a strategy for, for uh, marketing ourselves because we'll be out there in the community all the time. We'll be doing so many different activities that, that demand the attention of, of the community. So it, that's another thing is maybe we, we should focus some on, on the marketing of the Vanguard as, as, you know, this is, this, this isn't, to uh for just the parking space you know this is so that so that you have a lot of full parking spaces around your lodge on a regular basis and maybe maybe we need to revamp or update the vanguard to be more today 
right? Update it with best Absolutely. practices. Absolutely. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but maybe maybe we need to bring it up to date. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, bring it more to the 21st century and on, on what the lodges need to do. Any All the lodges can just check the box. Yeah. Say, I did this, I did this, I did this, and off they go, but. Because um, maybe make a you, may, maybe make a checklist that accompanies it because that's that's a hard thing to do. Also, you got to ha- have an attorney just to see if you got everything. That well, you if need. you update the Vanguard program with with best practices from around the state, it will it will become very popular as lodges realize mm-hmm. following these recommendations. We we have members returning. We're retaining new members. Our lodge meetings are becoming interesting, um, so on and so forth. People will start getting more out of the Masonic out of their Masonic experience, and other people will will also say well, other lodges will begin implementing those Vanguard practices. Plus, you'll have a healthy financial lodge as well. Yes. Absolutely, that that's you know you get the members in there, and then your finances improve as well. So, absolutely. Well, brothers, uh, lots of great stuff discussed uh, in this meeting. And uh, Rayburn, uh, again, I really appreciate you taking time out of your out of your Wednesday afternoon to to come and sit down with us. And Dennis, I, I definitely appreciate you uh, coming out. I know you had a, a fellow craft degree tonight, so uh, appreciate you take making time to to come for this as well. well. I appreciate the opportunity, and maybe in the future we can do another one. I would love that. Would love Absolutely. That. This That's is fun. this is the good stuff for for me. I I I dig it. You know, whether we're sitting around like this or or if it's with a, a scotch in our hand, you know, in the in the in the hotel bar or something, you know, after a conference, it's that's the good stuff sitting around talking about the different possibilities and and you, you got know. some scotch right here. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the wrong kind of scotch. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the that's the kind my lodge uses on me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Take you up and put you in the corner. <laughs> but and and with that with that being said, I'd also like to touch on something that you know we Justin and I have talked about a little bit. Sometimes we we um, we feel like we're not getting all the things that that we were expecting to get out of our lodges and and. And I, I got to tell you, Goliad is is just been a phenomenal lodge and has turned turned into such a, a great place to be. Um, but it, I didn't always feel that way. And if there's a viewer out there or a listener that feels like they're on that little island in the middle of nowhere and they're not getting what they need from Freemasonry, you can always reach out to us. And I know that you know, I speak for Justin Rayburn and myself, you know, that, that if you see me and, and you just feel like you're, you know, you, you would like to get connected somewhere that, that more suits your interests, let us know, write into us. We can, we can help you find the lodges that are, that are out there that, that will, you know, embrace what you love about Freemasonry. We, I would, I would love for us to be that, that um that connecting point for you to help you get to to where you want to be in freemasonry there there is a lodge for everyone you just have to find it absolutely there is absolutely and we've all we've been to uh probably most of them but 23 of us all across the state so uh we could jump to absolutely (laughs) absolutely that's the thing we we travel so much we meet so many awesome people that we can always get you in touch with somebody. That's right. Absolutely right. Wonderful. Uh, well, well, Dennis, uh, Rayburn, uh, we're going to, I say we, we call it here. Uh, thank you both again for, for coming on this evening. Uh, Rayburn. Yeah. Let's definitely do this again sometime. This was a okay. great conversation. Yep. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. It, it, this is my first one. So. Uh, oh, very cool. Well, yeah, you this handle it like a pro. Ever, this is the first time I've ever done it, so I appreciate the opportunity. Very nice. Embracing technology. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Leading by example. That's that's, that's what we gotta do. Uh, all right, brothers. Well, until next time, thank you again. <laughs>